recently shared a message on God loves a cheerful giver from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And, uh, and in that message, we talked about some reasons, some motivations for being cheerful givers. Wasn't able to share um, everything. So the one application that I wanted to make uh, is, is that cheerful givers, godly givers are cheerful givers because they trust in their provider. Now the question is, how do we become more trusting and therefore more cheerful? And the answer to that we're going to talk about today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that is living and active. I thank you for your timing. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would combine everything so that those who are listening right now, following along, hear your voice and are encouraged. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Godly givers are cheerful givers because they trust that God provides. It's an upper story, lower story thing. When people are stuck in the lower story, they tend to ask, who provides the stuff? I provide the stuff. God helps those who help themselves. My stuff is mine because I earned it. I worked for it. I made it happen. Now, we may not be that harsh. So often it's the, there's maybe the, for Christians, there's an acknowledgement. Oh yeah, it came from God, but, but kind of an emotional level on a where we live everyday level. The bank account feels like mine. The clothes feel like mine. The car feels like mine. The accomplishment feels like mine because I've done it with my own hands. But upper story people are cheerful because we don't see ourselves as creators, providers, owners. We see ourselves as stewards. If everything comes from you, then there's that insecurity of, but I know how little control. I know how much of this, my blessing was out of my control. It's just good fortune that's happened. You know, I know how much the world is out of control around me. But if our trust is in God as the provider, there is joy. James chapter one, verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights. It's an interesting thing. We, we, if God is the giver, he's the owner, and yet we still re take responsibility for the gift. It's not that we, if God's the owner, we don't take responsibility. We still do. I mean, my brother was responsible to maintain his car. When my brother graduated from college, my parents and grandparents gave him a car. Now, the car was a gift, and yet Phil still had to put gas in it. He still had to change the oil. He still had to take care of the tires. He still had to drive it responsibly. He still had to, to wash it and maintain it. But none of that made the car any less of a gift. The car was still a gift. The providers were still my parents and grandparents, but Phil's responsibility was still to treat it as a good steward of the gift. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. We're responsible for the gifts that God gives us, to steward them, to nurture them, to develop them to use them as he would have you use them. But the gifts are still gifts from God as the provider. The trouble is that often because we get the gift, as soon as the gift is in our hands, we feel like suddenly we are the providers. But again, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what do you have that you didn't receive? In fact, if in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? And in other words, Paul says, doesn't matter how long you have the gift, doesn't matter how great the gift is, never forget, 
the gift is from God, not from you. Um, God gave the ground, God gave the air, God gave your body, God gave your mind, God gave everything. Great being a good steward, using it well, but he's still the giver. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 4, 1, a person should think of us as servants of Christ, managers of the mystery of God. One reason we are joyful givers is because our gifts remind us of the giver, God, that he's a generous owner. If God is our provider, we can be joyful because his supply is unlimited. But when we see ourselves as the provider, it just nurtures insecurity. We'll never feel at peace because we know our supply is limited and we're out of control. Again, listen to the strong language that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, where he says, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. You know, it's like, Paul, can you throw a little more, uh, you know, exaggerated words in here, more superlatives, every grace, every way, always having everything you need, excel in every good work. You know, and the key to that, of course, as we pointed out, is that God is able. That's where Paul's confidence is. Paul goes on to say in verse 10, now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and supply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Isn't that interesting? It's the harvest of righteousness. Um, it's, but it's so easy once you get the harvest to disconnect it from, oh wait, I didn't provide the seed. I didn't provide the soil. I didn't provide the sunshine. I didn't provide the water. God provides all of that. And he has given us because of our, often because of our good stewardship and our um, uh, uh, our being obedient to him, he gives us a great harvest. Now, if you want to increase your joy, give thanks to God as the provider. That's the application. How important is it for us to give God thanks to God daily in worship and prayer, weekly in worship? Romans chapter one, verse 20 tells us that God's been revealing himself through the creation. And verse 20 says, for God's invisible qualities, that is his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. We're, we're without excuse of not knowing God. We can never say we never had a chance to know God because God's revealed himself through creation itself. However, verse 21, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, they didn't praise him, or show gratitude, they didn't thank him. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to become wise, they became fools. If you're looking for a few verses to memorize, and if you haven't memorized those verses in Romans 1, 18 and following, that's a great place to start. God is constantly revealing himself to us, but we miss it because we don't praise him and we don't give thanks to him for what he's provided, for what he does. And what's the result? Their thinking became worthless, futile, another translation says. I loved it. Uh, years ago, I, I, somebody read somewhere how the word think and thank come from the same root word, from the same word family. Thinking people are thankful people. Thankful people are good thinkers. When we give thanks to God, then our thinking becomes healthy and strong and mature. 
when we fail to give thanks, when we fail to give thanks for the good that we experience, for the good of life, for the good that God does, our thinking becomes foolish. We become depressed. We focus on the negative and we lose God. We quit thinking about God. And the result of that always, always, always is foolish thinking. He says, their thinking became worthless and their foolish hearts then, what happened? Their hearts get darkened. There's a connection between the, a lack of thank, th being thankful in the brain and a hardness of heart spiritually. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. But if you don't thank God for every perfect gift, the tendency is to look at yourself and say, I own this. This is mine. And to feel an unhealthy sense of pride. And pride always leads to insecurity. Pride goes before a fall. And intuitively, we know that's true. We feel like we're God and he's not. However, giving thanks to God daily and worshiping him together corporately, regularly, brings joy because it takes our focus off ourselves and it allows us to think in the upper story to see what the true uh, story is, how God really is the provider. And it keeps us humble as our eyes are on him. Moses told this to the people of Israel as they're about to enter the promised land in the book of Deuteronomy chapter eight, a couple of places there actually. He warns them, if you forget God, if you quit thanking God, if you quit crediting God for his goodness, it's going to lead to your destruction. He says in verse 11, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commands, ordinances, statutes that I'm giving you today. Because when you eat and are full and build your beautiful houses to live in and your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold multiply and everything else you have increases and you get to 1980, 90, to 2023 and you are really rich. Be careful that your heart doesn't become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. You forget he led you through the great and terrible wilderness, a thirsty land that where there was no water. He brought water to you out of the rock. He fed you in the wilderness with manna. See, you may say to yourself, my power and my own ability has gained, have gained this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, your God gives you the power to gain wealth. One day God is going to prosper you on that day. You're going to be tempted to forget God. You're going to feel like you created your wealth. You made yourself a great nation. All you have to do to understand human nature is to read that passage and think about the United States history. Christian leaders in the America in the 17th, 18th centuries, even early 19th centuries, they wrote of the providence of God. They wrote of seeing God's blessing on them, God's leadership with them. It's kind of sad that today, even Christian people pride themselves in poo-pooing those ideas. Like Moses predicted the people of Israel, even Christian leaders sometimes today will say, well, you know, they, they, uh, you know, it really is kind of a rewriting of history to think that God had a blessing. God gave his blessing to us as a, as a nation, you know, and, and so they take this humanistic view, you know, where, um, where, you know, kind of like, well, it's just happened because 
we're a good nation. They did a good thing. And it's just like, really? Moses says human nature is to get wealthy and then to say, we did it. To, to erase God from the history of that blessing. The Bible is clear. When people forget to thank God, their thinking becomes futile and their foolish hearts are dark and claim to become wise, they become fools. It happens over and over and over again. In pride, they refuse to see that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And the result is despair. The result is not joy. The result is sadness and hopelessness. But gratitude brings joy. It increases our confidence that God is the giver. God is the provider. We are not. And it invites his blessing because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. As an aside, are we the nation of Israel? Absolutely not. Does God oppose the proud and give grace to the humble? He always has. That's still true today. Recently, I heard about a tourist in Las Vegas who hit the jackpot. He was playing the slot machine at the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino and won nearly $230,000. But the machine malfunctioned, so he had no idea. And, and people at the place at that time had no idea that he had won, let alone how much he had won. Well, when, the Nevada, when they found out, the Nevada Gaming Control Board ordered an exhaustive search. Got to find that man to give him his award. To identify the winner, they went, they spared no expense. They combed through hours of surveillance videos. They, from several different casinos, they weren't sure which one it came from apparently. They interviewed witnesses. They sifted through electronic purchase records. They even analyzed rideshare data provided to them and did their best. The jackpot winner was discovered to be a man by the name of Robert Taylor, a tourist from Arizona. A three-week search went on before they found him and awarded his prize. But for three weeks, Robert Taylor from Arizona had no idea that he was $230,000 richer than he actually realized. You know, Christians have won more than the Vegas jackpot. We are rich beyond our abilities to ever understand the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or as Paul writes in Philippians 4, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But how often do we live unaware? How often are we robbed of our joy because although we're so rich, we live in ignorance. We fail to give thanks to God. That's how we ex experience the reward. The reward is there. It's greater than $230,000. But will we acknowledge it and give thanks? So let me encourage you. Thank God daily in prayer. Thank God reg regularly every time you see, experience something good. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't hesitate. Say, thank you, Lord. You see something good happen today? Thank you, Lord. And then... Make sure you weekly gather and worship with people where we praise God and he'll give us a thankful heart and we'll be joyful givers. Heavenly Father, help us to be joyful givers, not just because of trying harder, but because of, of just being in this training where we're constantly giving thanks to you, acknowledging that you are the giver of all good things that you have provided for us richly and we are just really blessed. 
Um, help us, Lord, not to get caught up in the lower story, not to be like the people of Israel who are so blessed by you, but once they got into their place of comfort, quit thanking you. But may we be people, help us today, just be thankful for you today, to see your goodness to us today, and then tomorrow, tomorrow. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us.